Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. He's the God of hosts, but at the same time, He's the God of Jacob. Think about that. Angels, celestial beings, and He's also the God of Jacob. The God of the man with feet of clay. The God of the person with imperfections. The God of the person who knows they're not worthy to be in his presence, but he's met something called grace. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Our God is the creator of heaven and earth. He is altogether glorious, mighty, strong, and full of splendor. However, the writer of Psalm 84 reminds us that the Lord is also the God of Jacob. Pastor Ed teaches us that this means that Jesus strives and wrestles with men. Christ stoops down to shepherd us, minister to us, and have a personal relationship with us. Those of us who have encountered God long to be in His presence, just as the writer of Psalm 84 ached to be in God's courts. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message in Psalm 84. Building in faith. I'd like you to open the Bible to the book of Psalms, Psalm number 84. This psalm is a psalm of hope, a psalm of strength, a psalm of encouragement. Ever get homesick? No, I mean really homesick. I remember as a young person going off to camp one time, and it was my first time away from home. Couldn't wait to get back home, have mom's home cooking, sleep in my own bed. I, I know our college students at first, at least their first semester, they feel this way. <laughs> but they want to get back home. They look forward to having, you know, home cooking and just the home atmosphere. We have a heavenly home. And Psalm 84 talks about homesickness. Psalm 84 in your Bibles. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. The psalmist was homesick for God. When he says, how lovely is your dwelling place, how worthy to be loved is your house of worship. Why did he feel that way? Is he like the architecture? Did he like the stained glass windows? Or perhaps he liked the beautiful array that the priests and the choir dressed in. Was that the reason? No, no, a thousand times no. What he loved about God's house was he remembered the times of refreshing sent from above. What he loved about God's house was he remembered those times at the altars as he prayed and as he met with God. What he loved about God's house was God was the owner. 
It represented God. See, the outward, the outward streams of his heart flowed right towards God. Even though it flowed towards that sanctuary, the reason he loved that sanctuary was that he loved God. You try and explain this to an unsaved person. Why do you go to church as much as you do? Why are you always in that place of worship? They don't understand. The one that you love is here. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. When the spiritual man impacts the earthly man, when the spiritual nature influences this natural nature that even your heart, your flesh, your total being longs for God. Uh, Let me put it in terms that you understand. I don't know how many like Starbucks coffee, but I love their cafe mocha. And I get these urges several times a week to go there and just get a cafe mocha. Maybe there's something that you really like physically. You say, boy, I enjoy that. That's the way it is, and even more so with God. You physically want to be in this building. Your body, as it were, enjoys the worship. I mean, it doesn't turn you off. It turns you on. There's something about lifting your hands and worshiping the Lord. There's something about godly Christian choir singing and ministering to your soul. And it ministers to you as no other music can. Why? Because it's the music of heaven. Because your soul's in harmony with heaven. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He says, my soul yearns, even faints for the court's of the Lord. He realizes, though he's standing in a physical sanctuary, he senses that he's been transported to the heavenlies. He senses that he's been transported, as it were, into the very presence of God. Didn't you feel that way this morning? I saw some of you. Your faces were aglow with the very presence of God. It was as though you were in God's courts. And that's what the psalmist felt. He felt at times that he was in the very presence of God. Yes, he knew that there were people beside him, but he felt as though he were in the presence of angels. He says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. Now, I don't want to disturb your theology, but that word cry out means boisterous, loud. He was crying out with all of his being for God because he was hungry. Ever get hungry? Hungry for God? I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to the place of worship. I can't wait to hear the word from God that God has for me today. That's what the psalmist said. That's all an indication that you're a pilgrim. That's all an indication that you don't belong here, but you belong there. That's all an indication that your citizenship is in heaven rather than earth. That's why the psalmist said, oh, I long for the courts of the living God. See, he's a living God. Now, in his time, they had 
idols, they had statues, they had icons, all set up in pagan temples. But if you were to go and worship in the Jewish community, there were no icons, there were no statues, there were no pagan images there. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not worshiping some dead saint, we're not praying to some past personage, we're worshiping a living God, a God that is alive, a God that hears, a God that responds, a God that listens to the cry of his people. Hallelujah. Ah, he says, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, a place near your altars. He looked at the sparrow, uh, an insignificant bird. Jesus told us that, you know, two sparrows are sold for a penny in his day. Even those worthless birds, as it were, our Heavenly Father watches over. How much more worthy are we, our Lord told us. And he's thinking, Lord, you're even allowing them to be near the temple. I know, God, you're going to allow me to come into your presence. I have a longing to be with you. I'm so grateful that the God of hosts, as the psalmist says, is also the God of Jacob. Think about it. Look what the scripture says. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and fates for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. The swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. A place near your altar, O Lord Almighty my King and my God. This God is mighty. He's the God of hosts. But at the same time, he's the God of Jacob. Think about that. Angels, celestial beings, and he's also the God of Jacob. The God of the man with feet of clay. The God of the person with imperfections. The God of the person who knows they're not worthy to be in his presence, but he's met something called grace. He's met something called mercy. He's met something called compassion in the form of Jesus. And that has given him a brand new perspective that makes him realize that he can come into the very presence of God. They came through a lamb offered. We know that that lamb was a lamb of God. He says... Blessed, and this is one of the three beatitudes in the psalm. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I t- there's something about people that like church. There's something about people that love the house of God. When the trials come, they're still praising. When the testings come, they're still praising. When all the things around them go wrong, they're still worshiping. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying there's this inner longing for God. There's this hunger for God that propels them, that drives them, that motivates them to attend the house of the Lord. It hasn't changed. It's still the same. Those who know him love his house. Now, the psalmist goes on to talk about this journey. He talks about it in verse 5. 
Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their heart on the pilgrimage, whose strength is in you. My strength isn't in myself. And John, you're a tall guy and a strong guy, but my strength isn't in you. Our strength is in the Lord. He gives me a strength to go another day. He gives me the ability to fight another battle. When I feel like I'm at the end of my resources, I find that he's there. God is my strength. How do you handle it when you go through those storms? How do you handle it when you go through those testings? How do you handle it when you go through those trials? I'm telling you, I'm learning to lean on the everlasting arms. Leaning on him. Learning to lean, the songwriter said, finding more power than I have ever dreamed. That's what the psalmist is saying. And in the midst of those trials, look what happens. God's strength is poured into him. God's strength is poured into us. And it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. They have set their heart on the pilgrimage. I know where I'm going. God, this old world is not my home. I'm just passing through. God, my heart is set on a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. My heart is not set on this world that's fleeting and passing away. It's set on the pilgrimage. There's a determination in their heart. I've set up myself on a pilgrimage. I'm journeying towards that heavenly city, and I see myself as just passing through this present world. Now, when they pass through this world, what do they encounter? Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Becca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. Oh, I wish I could camp on here for a whole sermon. There are those who say, eh, if you have enough faith, you'll jump over the trials. You'll go around the trials. Now, God takes you right through the trials. But he does something. In the midst of those trials, he converts that dry, arid, difficult place to an oasis. Come on. You know what happens? We, by the very power of God, take those trials and make them stepping stones just to climb a little closer to God, a little closer to Him. We march through those with the grace and the very power of God. They march through that valley of Becca and they make it a place of refreshing. How can you sing in that night season of your life? He gives a song in the night. How can you praise God when you're in pain? I don't know. Just the joy of the Lord is my strength. How do you do it? It's the grace of God. And then the psalmist says, they go from strength to strength to strength. They keep on going on in God. See, this outward body, with the passing of years, gets weak. Ah, Sometimes I don't like looking in the mirror. <laughs> the years are taking their toll. And maybe some of you will join me with that. This outward body is frail and passing away. But I tell you, there's something on the inside that's growing stronger and stronger and stronger. It's that spiritual man. It's that heavenly vision. And so the psalmist says they go from strength to strength. You know, when you get caught up in the things of this world, you get weary with them. 
You get tired of them. But when you get caught up in the things of God, your hunger for God grows. Your interest in the things of God doesn't wane. It doesn't abate. It multiplies. The more you serve God, the more you want to be with God. The more you're in his presence, the more homesick you become for his presence. His strength is being poured in from strength to strength. Watch that pilgrim. The closer they get to that heavenly city, there's a spring in their step. There's a joy in their heart. There's a confidence in their voice because spiritually, they're getting stronger on the inside. And the psalmist goes on and he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord God. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon Our shield, O God, look with favor on your anointed one. What he does here is he pauses and he prays for the earthly king, whoever that king was at this time. He said, Lord, look with favor on your anointed. Be with our earthly king. Why? Because all the blessings of the nation of Israel were tied up with the king. When they had good kings, things went well. God's blessing was upon them. When they had bad kings, the judgment of God was upon them because they led the people astray. And so the psalmist prays for the king because the king really influenced the nation. And he said, Lord, let your blessing be on them. Let's apply that. God poured out all his favor on our king. We call him King Jesus, who is faithful in all God's house. All of the blessings that are ours when we come under his authority. And we say, Lord, you look with favor on our anointed, our king, our savior, our Lord. And I think about all the favor that is ours in Jesus Christ. Here the psalmist says, look upon our... shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. And the king was in a very real way like a shield. But he goes on to say, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Life counts when it's lived for God. When you live for the world, it's wasted. One day is worth more given to God than a thousand given for the world. One day, living for God, serving God, you say, well, I'm not doing much. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Take the most menial task you can. Take the lowest task you can. And he's saying, I'd rather do the lowest possible thing. It's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather serve God by cleaning the rugs, washing the windows, taking care of anything I can do in the house of God than to dwell in the palaces of the richest on earth. Listen, you're far richer than the rich and famous. You have far more than those with a multitude of money. have so much money, you don't know what to do with. If you have God, you have the greatest wealth in all the world. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to have my name in the Fortune 500 as one of the richest people in our country. I'd rather be with God than be with the world. The days in this life are fleeting. 
But what you do for God, that lasts forever. The psalmist goes on and he says, I'd rather be better as one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Notice he calls the dwelling place of the wicked tents because it's going to pass away. In a moment's time, it's gone. What people build their lives around is suddenly going to be disappearing. Now, this, this is the shouting part. For the Lord our God is a sun and a shield. Only place in the Old Testament where God is called a sun. God lights our way. People are stumbling in darkness, trying to find the meaning of life, trying to find direction, trying to find hope. They're just stumbling around like a drunkard. But thanks be to God, we have the light of life. God's our son. He lights our way. He gives us guidance. In Malachi chapter 4, I believe it is, where Jesus is called the son of righteousness. It says, let the son of righteousness arise with healing in his rays. There's something about being in the very presence of God. There's healing for our hurts. There's healing for our souls. There's healing for our inner man. And he goes on to say, they'll be like calves, newborn calves, leaping out. Why? What God does to us is he renews us. What's happened here is Sunday morning is God's come in a renewing way to reinvigorate his people, to give them hope, to give them a glimpse of glory beyond, to give them a glimpse of his presence. There's joy unspeakable in his house. Listen, when you come into this house of worship, you can get drunk in the spirit and you don't go home with a hangover. Amen. Here the joy of the Lord will overflow. It's better to be in God's courts than to be in the tents of wickedness. He said, he's a shield. <laughs> he's a shield. The enemy comes with a temptation. God says, that's not going to touch him now. That's not going to touch her now. They're too weak to handle it. He's a shield. The trial comes. And it seems like it would rip you apart. And pull you this way and that way. But you're held together. He's a shield. He's a shield. See, God is a shield. The enemy would come like a roaring lion against us. But then Jesus stands right between us and the enemy. He's a shield. When we get to heaven, we're going to see what he's protected us from. We're going to see what he kept us from. We're going to see how in the midst of trials and tribulations, he was there holding back all the powers of darkness. He is a shield. Hallelujah. 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 How did you stand up? Under that trial, he was my shield. How did you come out of that fiery furnace? He was my shield. How did you walk through that valley of the shadow of death? He was my shield. How did you go through that situation? What kept you together? He was my shield. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Oh, his favor is good. 
Man forgets. God remembers. I'll trust God's memory before I trust man's memory. He bestows favor. The Psalms are a wonderful place to turn to when in the midst of the most difficult times in this life. Pastor Ed will be sharing a 14-part series of messages from the book of Psalms with hopes that you'll be encouraged each time you join us. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word.